and welcome to two guys one lightsaber star wars the bad batch season one i guess episodes 9 through 16 review me and rada <laughs> with my hectic schedule and uh countless re-recordings as we try to cover as much of these episodes as we could uh yeah we just couldn't i'm sorry people but this is how we're gonna do it and uh i think our overall consensus is that this was just average there was nothing really special about this outside of uh the first few episodes and you could clearly tell by the end uh we're gonna get a season two which has been confirmed there is gonna be a season two of bad batch yeah, and uh, before we get into Bad Batch, let's uh, talk about a little bit of Star Wars news with Lars Mikkelsen returning as Thrawn, yes. and then uh, Mena Musad pretty much confirmed as Ezra for the Ahsoka show. All right, yes, yeah, so totally. Good job, Ryan. Good job. I totally forgot <laughs> about that. Uh, how you feel about these castings? I'm I'm ready for Mikkelsen to be Thrawn. It matches like age wise. Uh, I think from what we're gonna see that both castings actually are. Yeah. But just seeing Mikkelsen, the voice actor, being able to play the role is very exciting to me. Oh, dude, his Thrawn was so like cunning and menacing. I loved every second of Thrawn on screen. So I'm hoping they can like make him look really cool as Thrawn because we know the voice is gonna be there. Yeah. But the thing is, I can't wait to see his mannerisms, his body, um, depending on how much CGI to makeup ratio they use on his face. I can't wait to see just his non-fucking expressions on his face right. when he gives a nice monologue like he did in Rebels. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I I can't wait for the Ahsoka series. And uh, yeah, I guess there's a rumor going around that Sabine's going to be in it too now. So I'm like, cool. Too bad you already cast who I wanted to be Sabine in a different Mandalorian role. I think Sasha Banks would have been perfect for that when you just look at her from a body standpoint and facial. I'm like, okay, yeah, you give her some purple hair like she is as a pro wrestler. That's why I thought she was going to be Sabine so much. But I can't wait to see if it, rumors are true they're going to cast Sabine in this series too and who they're going to get to be Sabine. Oh, they have to cast Sabine. Because Sabine oh, was with Ahsoka trying to find Ezra. That was their mission like five years later at the end. Honestly, I know it's a long shot, uh, especially since she's playing Catwoman in the upcoming uh, Robert Pattinson Batman, Chloe Kravitz. I uh, think that would yeah, be perfect. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, yeah. Zoe Kravitz, D- Yeah, sorry. dude, she'd yeah. be awesome. Either that or um, the girl who plays MJ in uh, Spider-Man right now. I think she'd be good too. <laughs> Chloe Bennett backed out of... Uh, Powderpuff Girls, go get Chloe Bennett to play her. Oh, oh God. Now, I feel so bad for that because <laughs> I listened to the Scrubs uh, podcast with uh, JD and Turk on there. Mm-hmm. And he was so excited to be a part of this show. And now I'm just like, oh, you poor bastard. It's falling apart. Oh, yeah. It's a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Chloe Bennett would be awesome. Yeah, Chloe Bennett probably would be really good at that. She's she's used to playing that rebellion character as we've seen her as from Daisy uh, Sky to Daisy to Quake on uh, Agents of Shield. Uh, there's some other we'll have to talk about that off thing. There's rumors going around about that show too with one of our Agents <laughs> of Shield actresses. So uh, we shall see. But uh, I don't know a whole lot about the other guy who's playing Ezra. I know he's been in Aladdin, and that's it. Yeah, I don't I don't really know him from anything other than Aladdin, and I didn't pay the money to see Aladdin. I don't know if it's free on Disney Plus yet, but... <laughs> it's gotta be. It's been like three years. I want to say that movie came out. Has it really been that long? At least two to three, yeah. Because 
I remember like when I was working on my forklifting job, listening to movie news uh, podcasts and them talking about that. It's got to be like two to three years old by this point. Definitely came out in 2019. Definitely came out in 2019. You grow him up a little bit, give Ezra like a five o'clock shadow. Like Madame Musad looks exactly like him. Yeah, I agree. That I've Ezra with a beard. I'm signed up. There you go. You know me. I like my beards. (laughs) Make him look like Kanan a little bit. Right, that would be pretty dope, especially if he had <laughs> long hair and a ponytail. Oh, for sure. And then we get Force, uh, oh, wait, no, because he doesn't know it. Well, maybe, but a Force Ghost of uh, Kanan would be pretty dope as uh, Freddie Prince Jr. shows up in front of him. Well, he became like a Force animal, so maybe yeah, he can exactly. speak through him through that wolf. Oh, God. Even though Freddie Prince has been kind of a dick to Star Wars fans, I don't care. I still, <laughs> he, he made Kanan one of my favorite Jedis of all time. Was there uh, any other little news things? I, I We can do a separate one uh, probably with some more like video game news and stuff. Uh, not from what I've known. I just know, you know, EA last month didn't acknowledge anything. They didn't show off any Star Wars news, which kind of sucked. Uh, that's um, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was that pretty much no it. They, they didn't show <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, now we just count down after this show. It's a uh, book of Boba Fett is pretty much the countdown we're going for. I think there's no other star wars stuff in between this unless there are that animations coming up next right uh i think there was an animated thing coming up next it's basically kind of like a what if like for yeah, marvel it's, yeah it's uh star wars infinites where they have all those it's kind of like uh the master chief thing for halo where they have different art styles for telling different star wars stories okay or the same star wars stories but like in different art styles i believe right yeah it's something like that uh we we did a podcast episode highlighting all this so go back and listen to it <laughs> yeah all the way back in december or january of 2021 uh real quick though there was one thing i wanted to talk about when it came to star wars actually this kind of going to bad batch you know how i've talked about republic commando constantly mm-hmm. uh scorcher one of the guys from there was in the episode, I think 13 it would have been, or 14, where they were like trying, when they were trying to get Gregor out, he's in yellow armor that is Scorcher from Republic Commando. Oh, did not know that. He, he, oh, well, yeah, because you don't play the game. You never, I'm not saying he, like harshing <laughs> you on it, but yeah, you, like it took me like a second time watching it. And then like one of those Easter egg trailers, like, yeah, that's Scorcher. And I'm like, holy shit, that explains why they, it took him like four stun shots to take him down. Because he's been around as long as Rex and them. So he he's pretty much a badass. He was, I think he, from what I remember in the game, he was more of like the medics and tech guy. But he was a badass. Oh, so he was basically like a Gen 1 like Rex? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he, that's who he was. Yeah, so that's why like his stun shots, like you'd be like, wow, that guy took a lot of stuns. Like, yeah because he's seen some shit he uh he went up against grievous bodyguards like they were nothing so that is a perfect transition to the bad batch because out of episodes 9 through 16 i think that gregor episode might be like up there with some of the better ones that have aired recently yeah and then the whole uh ryloth episodes uh with Hera, young Hera. i think those were standouts too as well uh especially the first part we had no bad batch in there until like the final like five to eight minutes of that episode and they were pretty much just doing a cameo right um but i really like that especially seeing how those clones are reacting to and seeing why the empire is backing off of using clones so much they're not as obedient as we all think they could be 
Right, yeah, there was in that little like arc there, we saw Captain Hauser look like he either had his chip removed or like was overriding its programming with some free will. Yeah, because he he had his personality, he had his colored armor still, mm-hmm. um, and he yeah he he seemed like he had personality, unlike every other reg we've seen since Order sixty six in the pilot episode. And that just blew me away. I'm like, wait, explain this motherfucker to me then. And I think he's definitely going to come back around in season two. I he's got to so. be. I'm really hoping. I keep saying it. And this season finale was so disappointing to me when it comes to that, is that I really still feel like there's going to be a clone rebellion at some point. I feel like there has I to be. I hope there is. Because, I mean, you saw how the Empire treated the Kaminoans and the clones at, in the last two episodes, like the two-part season finale. It's like, exactly. hey, we're transporting all of you off-world, and you are going to be officially decommissioned. Right. It's even, if not, they're going to keep those ones who are teenagers like, hey, guess what? They have most of their training now. We'll just, you know, use them. But this is the cutoff point. Like, no more. Like, if they can't be useful to us in six months, because I don't know how the rapid aging going. But, like, you know... A 15-year-old clone, guess what? That'll be combat-ready probably in the next year. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I remember in now non-canon comics, uh, Vado's 501st, he kept the 501st under his reign, and most of them were still clones until they eventually became TKs, as we got to learn in the uh, awesomeness of that. I love seeing the original Ralph McQuarrie uh, Stormtrooper uniforms of them finally seeing regular beings being the soldiers and not clones right it would make sense is that if anything vader would be like nope i want clones strictly in my unit till we don't have any more because he knows they're going to get the job done and they'll be obedient to him oh for sure yeah there was nothing anakin couldn't do with the help of his 501st right and it's just now instead of ruling through uh inspiration he's going to be showing them through fear but the thing is they don't they're probably going to be just as merciless as him so that would be a cool thing to see in the upcoming season because now this show just like rebels can show us more of younger vader in the suit like how he's running through the universe yeah younger vader uh i hope they can kind of show how uh the inquisitors were formed because this is literally the start of the empire so they're still kind of like streamlining their entire process for a galactic domination well yeah so like when we talk about like uh the season finale like we see the shooting of camino and then that one kaminonan uh scientist that they kept alive and he's like we have big plans for you between this and mandalorian i feel like dave filoni and favreau are trying to fix disney's mess by explaining how palpatine came back alive more and more now yeah like, I, they're doing what the clone wars did for the prequels and explaining shit and that kind of makes me mad because let's be honest most star wars people or casual star wars fans aren't going to watch all this kind of stuff like you me and our fellow listeners who might not want to watch it but we'll explain it to them this (laughs) definitely i feel like is setting up like why they went for grogu and why grogu's blood probably led to uh palpatine's cloning process yeah because they kept uh what it was maybe like four or five scientists from Camino headed by yeah. uh, that Nala say who was the one yeah. behind the bad batch as we learned in the uh in the season finale the bad batch were actually kind of grown separately and enhanced right and then Omega we don't know what her ability is but she definitely seems force sensitive and she's older than them because she doesn't have rapid aging 
yeah she's literally the like sister to boba fett that was the because Django wanted a son for himself with no uh no growth enhancement and yeah and omega is the exact same way as boba that's why she knows so much more than them about every little thing of Camino. I will say that was very um, heart pounding was the whole destruction of Camino that second episode of like how they were going to get out of it. And yeah. seeing Omega's like wits and knowing of everything was I, I see that's when I like the character the most is when she's not being the victim, but clearly being the leader. Well, not like the leader, but like um, an analyst, I would say. Yeah, even Crosshairs was like. So we're taking orders from a kid now. Is she the leader now, Hunter? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's touch on Crosshair real quick. How did you feel his story progressed throughout the season? I I liked it a lot. If anything, that is my ten out of ten storyline is Crosshair for the season. So I I did like it. I'm just pissed that I don't know there wasn't any conflict in the end. It was all just trying to like get through to him and. We also learn, I, I don't know if this is true, I wanted to get your take on this too, where Crosshair says he had his chip removed a long time ago and he's actually willingly serving the Empire. I could believe it um, post when he's got his face half melted off because like clearly where the main burns, like the scar tissue was, I could see them having to go in and take it out because it could have been damaged, but he's so into what was programmed into him that he doesn't want to leave it like we we talk you were just saying they were trying to get to him but he's doing the exact same thing to them like guys we don't have a future outside of this empire right like i feel like he feels like look at what you're doing now and that will be our whole lives but if we go to the empire we will have a purpose we will have consistency and i feel like he's afraid of losing that consistency having a purpose of a war to fight that he believes in or has a reason to believe in it and that's why he wants to stick with the empire because no matter what they're doing he will always have a purpose in that but being a bounty hunter or scavenging by there is no purpose it's just living day to day and he is so routine he yeah. likes the routine well all the others as well also have like They've taken a liking and care about Omega. So she's kind of become at least Their purpose. Exactly. Or at least Hunter's purpose. And all of them are willing to follow Hunter. Yeah. If anything, the only other one I would see like that shows major love for its record, but that's yeah. because he's a man child and she makes him happy because they like enjoy their snacks together. And it's super cute. Yeah. I mean, tech is more analytical. So I yeah. feel like he's doing his job. Yeah, so I feel like he could like he would calculate like, hey, I'd rather kind of be on the run and be off the grid than fight for an empire that there's about a 99% chance that as soon as we become like unuseful, yeah, then they're going to just literally just shoot us in the head. Agreed. And that's kind of like how I feel about like Echo. He clearly wants to keep going on the run because of Rex, trust Rex, and now he knows he has a connection out there. So it the season two is where I think this show should we shouldn't have what we had this season. It shouldn't feel so much like Rebel season one, but without a purpose. That's why I think Rebel season one, when I compared it in our previous attempts at recording, I think we're way better than this because at least everything went back to each other, and that season one finale of Rebels was the shit yeah it was really good and set the tone for the rest of the series from that from that point forward 
Yeah, I feel like that was missing from Bad Batch. There was no really tone setter because as soon as they did something cool, they followed it up with filler episodes that barely fit. And there was no callbacks to it. Now, the only thing I could see being a callback for season two is that uh, the planet that they went to to save Gregor. That seems like it's pretty fucking important. I don't know why. I think it's because it's a brand new planet. It seems like a training facility for, you know, early stages of stormtroopers and the fact that they have so many clones there, especially clone commandos. That's interesting to me. It seems like that could be the birthing place of the death troopers. Yeah, that would be cool to see new planets. And like in that episode as well, we learned that that was a base completely kept secret, too. So, I mean, I guess the Empire is just secretive in nature. But seeing as how that was completely off the grid, yeah, it seemed like it was important. But I feel like the one thing that this series really did have going for it was all the cameo appearances, especially in like episode nine with Cad Bane and Fennec coming along and those two fighting each other, trying to get hold of Omega. Right. Yeah. The cameos and stuff in these episodes, honestly, I, I think that's what kind of made the series for me. Cause every time there was a cameo, I got excited except for trace and Rafa, but, <laughs> but does that make it a good show? No. Then no, that's why, no. like you said at the start, this was like, woefully average at best with some awesome moments sprinkled in right like if anything if anyone want to watch this like i remember trying to tell my brother and i'm like uh because he's like do i need to watch clone wars and my brother you know he's 10 years older than us and he's one of those guys who loves star wars but he's like do i have to watch all the clone wars i'm like you shouldn't have to but you should want to so right. let me know when you're ready and i'll give you the right list but with bad batch i believe you could have you could drop a regular Star Wars fan in that first episode and they could follow this squad from that episode forward. I will say they did do a good job of that. You did not have to go back in Clone Wars. The only thing that might mess with you is like Captain Rex, but you'd be like, oh, he's just like a clone soldier. That's the only thing. Like the cameos could screw with you on that. But also if you watch Mandalorian, you see Fennec. So if anything, Cad Bane and Rex would make you go back to Clone Wars or at least Google search them. But I still feel like that pilot episode, you could drop an average Star Wars fan into it and they would fucking love it because that's everything Star Wars fans have wanted to see is that little gap of history we haven't seen yet. And that's why Rogue One has been, in my opinion, the most beloved Star Wars movie in uh, Disney's release form because we saw a story we've always wanted to see. How did they get those Death Star plans? I still think Rogue One is the best movie Star Wars has made. Yeah, well, in the Disney era or in general? I don't know. In Like, I'd come close to saying in general. <laughs> like, oh, damn, dude. Damn, I, I am such a huge Over fan Empire? of that. Over Empire Strikes Back? I said almost. <laughs> okay, okay. I was about to say, dude, it's fucking Empire still is like, that is Godfather Part 2 of Star Wars. Oh, no. Do it's not a, fuck with that. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi are obviously up there. Yeah. But Rogue One is a very close, like, on par to that. That movie right. was, I would say, like, perfection in every way, shape, and form. That, like, okay, well, might have to do a podcast about this. Uh, <laughs> no, the thing I love about Rogue One the most was it just felt like the universe we grew up watching. And most importantly, it was a fan-made film 
with a hundred and eighty like hundred fifty million dollar budget with the best actors and actresses in the world being in it. Right. For their roles. Like that's why that movie is so successful. Now going into Bad Batch season two, I hope there was less of Omega being the victim. If we're gonna tra- uh to do the transition here, going into season two, I want us to be less of the victim and I wanna see this unit go straight A team. I'm talking like they're fucking doing every job in the world and slowly helping out all these other things we we've seen before. Maybe the Bad Batch has been the backbone for the rebellion secretly by getting them certain supplies and stuff or intel. Like we kind of saw in that episode with um, Ahsoka's friends that I hate so much, the sisters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no more of them, please. I don't need that cameo. <laughs> but also the Bad Batch has to die. They have to. Minus maybe Omega, but Bad Batch has to die, in my opinion. Yeah, they're going to have to, unfortunately. But I'll say, if anything, we're at least consistent in our takes. Because when we talked about the Bad Batch with our first episode of Disney releases, I'm like, these guys are going to be the fucking A-team of Star Wars, and it's going to be badass. And you're like, and that's what season two needs to be. They need to be more of the A-team. I'm like, man, we are consistent, if if anything. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, I, I really don't have much to say about the rest of this. I mean, there's good action set pieces and whatnot uh, in this season, but this this started off really too good in my opinion and yeah. they need to if anything um maybe it's just disney so they can keep subscribers if so then fuck disney um they should just make these like 40 minute episodes to keep the fillers like you know you could put some of these episodes together in two ar- two episode arcs so they need to do that like in clone wars but we were also spoiled in clone wars because i never watched that on cartoon network i watched it on netflix when i was 19 years old <laughs> right oh, that made me feel young old but <laughs> i was able to binge watch it so when you do this weekly format it just episodes seem less fulfilling and with rebels i would go back to my parents for like holidays and they had dish tv and all the episodes would be right on there and i could binge watch them this kind of show i think is worth binge watching but when it comes to a weekly thing 22 minutes does not do it yeah that is my issue with it i agree they need to release it either in pairs or like give us three episodes every week like something disney needs to stop worrying about like losing subscribers You're, you're fucking disney okay you have every marvel movie every star wars movie and you guys keep adding to your library. Plus, you guys add new releases that come out afterwards, like Cruella. My girlfriend's excited to watch Cruella in like 12 days from this podcast. I think it comes out like August 27th. Oh, That's it comes out for free? That's reason to hang on to it. Yeah, for free. Yeah. So I'm going to watch that for free. And right. Jungle Cruise probably will be out by November. I'm going <laughs> to watch that for free. I heard great things about that, but I'm just not going to go see it in theaters right now because I don't because I'm not that old. And The Rock seems to be in everything with a fucking jungle nowadays. Right. Hey, The Rock, you seem to like a jungle. See, like I can I completely agree with you because it's like because there's so much to rectify with Star Wars. You cannot do this in little increments. It's not Marvel. No. You're not you're not as established as Marvel. Marvel can do whatever the hell they want because they have people hanging on for dear life and like I have to see what happens next. Star Wars has to regain the trust of their entire fan base and they can't exactly. do it and in one episode 20 minute increments. Yeah, and like we said, like this is a series that got rebooted 6 years ago. This December is when Force Awakens came out. 
which is crazy to think about. So at that height, you could have done this kind of stuff. And that's why Rebels worked, because we had mystery of where the sequel trilogy was going. Now that we've seen it, and the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian brought back hope. So now it's like you could be like, well, Mike Ryan, 40 minutes. But it's different because it's live action and the story is way different than what we've seen before. This tried to be the Mandalorian in animation form, except for instead of one soldier, there was four soldiers, bounty hunters, you got four or five clones, and then it's the same story. They're protecting this one special child. Yep. It's the same thing. But the thing is, the Mandalorian did it in 10 episodes that was awesome. And being in live action, it's way cooler to see. I love my animation, but live action Star Wars is nothing that tops it, especially in television, because we've never seen that before. So that's why The Mandalorian can get away with doing a 40-minute episode here and a 33-minute episode there. There, there. There's that difference right then and there. Right. And as you were saying, too, like this has to fill in so many gaps and or plot holes that have been left unanswered like since the 80s because of star wars yeah um, well i would even say like they're they're rewriting kind of history right now because like we kept bringing up in battlefront 2 which used to be canon was that the camino fucking rebelled right and they kept all these clones to themselves and the empire had to send in their own dispatch of tks and clones to go take them out so that was kind of like that was the whole backstory about now at least we know where Camino is it's in the water it's dead and gone and we're gonna go from there yeah but I I just hope they they do this better because like I know Filoni and Favreau have so much like writing on them and so much pressure to save Star Wars because it keeps on seeming like Kathleen Kennedy is out and Favreau is going to take over. So they have to like rectify the entire sequel trilogy. They have like, they keep on taking certain storylines from uh, Star Wars legends and making it Canon as well. So they're like picking and choosing what they want to do. And they, they just have to, they have to do better by the fans. Cause they, like I said, they have to earn the trust back. Well, to be fair, Filoni was like, his name's on this, but the main writer about this has been uh, Jennifer Corbett, and she's been known as the producer of NCIS. She did that from like 2013, 2019. Uh, she did another show called Golden Boy, which only lasted one season, and same thing on A&E called The Breakout Kings. So she's used to writing as a television series, especially one like NCIS, which we all know we call that um what kind of series would i call that in is uh i don't know it's like monster it's not monster of the week but it's procedural and bad batch and star wars cannot be procedural right gotta have consistency here yep i completely agree overall so and she also worked on star wars resistance which i've never watched because a i didn't like that animation and b it seemed way too kiddish for me because I'm a grown ass man. So once I realize something's too kiddish, I'm not going to watch it. And I didn't like the animation. The animation style to that show was just weird to me. It was like a mix of CGI Avatar, the Airbender. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that Star Wars animation has had done really well, or at least under Filoni. It grows with its audience. It starts out really right. like kid like, and then it gets dark. Yeah. Well, Ron, you have anything else you want to talk about, Bad Batch, before we wrap it up here? 
Uh, just looking through my notes real quick. Um, well, the Gregor episode we talked about, that's a good one. Uh, episode 13 was a throwaway with, uh, the <laughs> guy taking yeah. over Sid's bar. Garbage. Um, what else? Yep. Uh, I mean, the episode 10 where they had to go to Raxus, which was the, uh, home or basically the, uh, like capital planet for the, uh, What's it called? Oh, yeah, the Separatists. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Separatist. that episode that I enjoyed a lot, too. Good. Seeing the ATTE that they were using to, like, get through it, that is a fucking A-team move. That remind me, like, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love the 2009 version of the A-team with oh, uh, Bradley Cooper, Liam Neeson, um, guy from, uh, what was it called, District 9, and then, of course, Rampage Jackson playing Baraka. <laughs> That that is a, that is something I think should have gotten a second chance. Like that movie was so corny, but it was so good at the same time. But that is something I could have seen come out of that movie and do that when they like had their plan and all that execution. It was really well done. That episode was fun, and it was cool to see how. Oh yeah, you guys were separatists, and now the thing you were fighting is taking over your planet. Accept it. Right. Yeah, and the you guys were conflict. actually the good guys. Yeah, to see the conflict, especially with like Echo and Hunter, like, wait, we're helping a separatist? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're trying to do what we have to do. I like that episode. Uh, I like the introduction of Sid. Like, I, I just wish they did at least a little more important missions or cooler missions for Sid. Right. I think it's because I, w- I wanted to see, like, that Republic Commando uh, short episode that we watched uh, when we reviewed fan films. Yeah. I wish we would have had an episode like that, but that would have been too dark for Omega, but you could have left Omega at home while they go assassinate somebody. <laughs> right. Something like that is what was missing. And I don't know, maybe the, like, the other thing is, though, you're missing your sniper, your Chris Kyle, and you kind of want to not be that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like him not being there is like a big, big issue with them is that they don't have their sniper. Well, yeah, that allowed them to do so much more like tactically and strategically having backup that can hit a shot from 200 meters away. <laughs> I will say his setup to try and have that conversation at the end was also uh, really good. Like seeing the little, uh, deflection plates and yeah. them noticing it. And him just taking out everyone else around him just so you could be like, come fucking join me. Like, that was his Darth Vader moment to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Like, come to the dark side with me. So, yeah, that was actually really well done. I will say that. It's just such a letdown because we had so much buildup to when they would finally see each other that it didn't happen. Yep. But, yeah. (laughs) Uh, that's all I have to say about Bad Batch. A solid six out of ten overall season, maybe a seven on rewatch when I <laughs> can just skip the fillers and go to the good <laughs> ones. Yeah, that yeah. So a six out of ten. You, you you know it sets up bad when the very first episode is pr- is by far the best of the entire series because we got so much of what we wanted to see. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Ron. You want to plug anything that you want to talk about coming up on Two Guys, One Lightsaber here? Uh, definitely got Black Widow coming up. Um, okay, and Titans, by the way. Um, my girlfriend wants to watch Titans, so we might start binge-watching that since Lucifer doesn't come back till September 10th. So I love I'm trying to show. fill the void of TV shows, so we might start binge-watching <laughs> uh, Titans here. 
especially since they brought the Red Hood into season three. So, yeah, they dropped the first three episodes uh, over the weekend. Man, I, I oh. was hooked. Episode three, tears, man. Tears. <laughs> oh, God. Well, on that note, definitely I'll have to watch that. Uh, be sure to also check out our Suicide Squad review. Me and Ron had a bunch of fun with that movie, as did most of everyone, even though the box office is like, it's the lowest. I'm sorry. That doesn't fucking matter. This movie actually will. James Gunn is sticking in DC, and I think we're going to see a James Gunn uh, Justice League <laughs> movie coming up here. I'm telling you. Or if not, give him Teen Titans. Hey, DC, this is what happens when you fucking trust your directors, you pieces of shit. Piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> you get a great uh, movie. Be sure also- <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll be sure to, uh, I'm pretty sure the Nitro Republic series that we've been following on YouTube should be launching here in the next week or so. So I can't wait to see that. That is why they're using the Unreal Engine to make uh the Knights of the Republic, which I'm very excited for. Those guys are working so hard on that for a YouTube series. Watch that blows Bad Batch out of the water. Yeah, watch, exactly. <laughs> uh, be sure to follow us at Two Guys One Lightsaber at Facebook.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple iTunes as well. And be sure to also subscribe and follow us on Spotify as well if you prefer that too. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Take it easy, y'all.